No credentials. Greatest album. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for finding us here at the Sound Logic Podcast, taking time to listen once again. And we are here at the end of another 10 reviews doing our re rank of the last albums. That's albums number 61 to 70. Ben, we did it again. 10 more. One of our favorite uh, parts of this whole thing is uh, telling Rolling Stone how they got it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> explaining explaining our <laughs> very biased preferences uh, about the, this list. Um, it's always fun to um, not just re-rank them, but to do a bit of a retrospective on the last 10 albums and what we've enjoyed about them, what's what's been challenging, those sorts of things. You know, review is something that in a lot of things we do, we, we leave it out, uh, in work, you know, we're, we're busy doing our work and then we move on to the next thing. And if you've ever taken a leadership course, uh, and many organizations build review into their structure, because it's so important to look back. And I really enjoy just reminiscing about, uh, with you about the last 10 albums. Uh, but yeah. it is a really, a really important part of anything you're doing and learning and, um, improving. I don't know if we're improving, Ben, we're still just kind of talking about the same the same stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think for, for those of us who want, for those folks who really want us to be talking just about the music and not bringing our personal selves into it, I'm sure these every 10 episodes, <laughs> they, they, you know, you might want to skip by. But this is really the time where we get to like r- really be uh, talking about personal preference in a oh, way. Oh, yeah. That we, we, we try, we, we all, we bring that into our episodes as well. But I think we try and be a little bit uh less biased in in the the episodes between now i mean if you break it down isn't the rolling stone 500 just personal preference anyways (laughs) but a bunch of people Uh, mashed together (laughs) i guess it just depends on um yeah uh, on whether or not you believe the uh that it is actually a poll or not but uh, yes a poll poll of people's preferences whether it was or wasn't it's still somebody's preference even if it was an editor (laughs) Yeah. yeah good plan um but yeah here we are uh we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go <laughs> enough of the, no more politics no politics um <laughs> we're we're gonna go through the last 10 albums um you know if you're just tuning in and this is new to you you go back and listen to a few of them or all of them or some of the albums you're interested in and uh get a sense of what we're doing here and if you've been with us for a while or since the beginning thank you uh, and we hope you enjoyed yeah. this part even just a portion, a fraction of uh, how much we do. Oh, wow. You, <laughs> if you've heard us do this, we, we have a spreadsheet and we black it out so that we can't see each other. But then this is where we reveal. So, but this is that pause is Ben and I looking at what the other has done. Oh, how, oh, what did the, oh, this one. Wow, Ben, this one, be... <laughs> uh, first, first glance, this is one of probably one of our most agreeable re-ranks oh my goodness oh my goodness (laughs) oh man okay this might be a bit of a boring episode here folks (laughs) or could be a lot of fun and it'll be easier sometimes we kind of repeat you know you'll talk about an album and then two spots later but now we'll just (laughs) do it all the same time (laughs) oh my gosh okay let's start number 70 so so the 10th album um number 70 according to rolling stone was nwa's straight out of compton Yep. Ben, why don't you kick us off here? What did you have at number number 10, the 70 spot? 
Uh, this is going to be a common theme, but we share a number <laughs> of these, and we both have GNR's appetite for destruction here. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, as I look through this list, I, I think maybe aside from um, Jagged Little Pill, Alanis's album, Appetite's probably the album I knew the most music from. Okay, yeah, um, interesting. So. Mm-hmm. So fascinating to see it be my least favorite and and also one of the most familiar that almost never happens in um in these re-rank episodes usually familiarity i think almost always bump, bump something up a little bit um i'm sure it's just because taste changed over time uh, you know my high school self you know it wasn't my favorite music but i i really appreciate i enjoyed a good gnr track every now and then and um yeah, and I, I don't so much anymore, so <laughs> it's here. Uh, I uh, I can't get into this album. I, one thing, we, 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 don't, we try not to slam the music we listen to too much, so I'm going to try not to yeah, bash it yeah. too much, but I just, there are so many things about it, and not just the music, but even just the, the personality and the, the, the persona of being portrayed in the music, and it, not... Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard. It's hard sometimes to listen to music and not separate it from what you know about the person making the music. Like we all do that, right? Yes. Um, yeah. oh, what do you think of this song? Oh, I hate that guy. He's such a jerk. Well, that you, yep. you're just talking about the person, not the music. So that's a little hard for me on this one. Although I can't say I really yep. know them that well. But I just find, for me, I find it uh, hokey, irritating. Um, <laughs> uh, there's some really, really neat stuff, like great guitar playing, of course. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, very popular, l- beloved songs, uh, big hits, uh, and, and a very mm-hmm. successful album. Absolutely, 100%. I just can't get into it. And th- there's so many things about it. This type of rock and roll is just not my thing. So when I looked at it and thought, um, which ones do I want to listen to and which ones will I probably never put on again? This this was at the, <laughs> the bottom spot. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I yeah. I did know a few of them, but not all of it. But uh, it's just not it's not my thing. This type of rock, this era of rock, not my thing. I I do have uh, Thomas's voice in in my head um, uh, because he uh, Thomas Bona, a former guest and and someone who will often follow up with his thoughts when he listens to a, an episode of ours. Um, he he reminded me, uh, and I think partially because he he does still appreciate GNR. It was a big part of his his uh, youth and mm-hmm. um, still kind of like, I think, appreciates the energy and the attitude. And and he mm. said, just be careful when you, when you sort of bash something for its attitude uh, or its swagger as cheesy. And then, you know, in another genre, lift those things up as like, positive qualities or yeah and and, and he said it sounded like because we both grew up sort of more in the the rock and roll classic rock um hard rock spaces that we were willing to be more aggressively critical of it whereas you know with genres that we don't know much about we 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 pause a little bit more sure (laughs) Uh, yeah so that's a really fascinating part part two uh that i you know i and two i think you know race does come into our conversations quite a bit um i am more willing to be critical of some privileged white dudes i think than well yeah <laughs> than um 
the content of some of the the music on this list from from African American uh, artists, and you know, navigating that as well. So all of that is like you know, as part of my part of my headspace right now, as I as I put it here in the ten spot, um, uh, which is fine, you know. And I, I think especially as we own that too, uh, I think yeah. it, it helps it helps center us and posture ourselves. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, and and Thomas does make a good point. Uh, but but I feel like uh, yes, I would agree with you. I, I have some license to to be critical there, um, where I wouldn't in other genres, and and mm-hmm. I wouldn't dare. Um, yeah. But but again, at the at you said at the top, it's personal preference. I'm I'm gonna yes, quote right. bash yeah. it, but that's my, just my feeling. Like I'm not saying it's yeah, bad music, right. and and in fact, I right. would praise I would praise it for some of the good things. It's just not my thing. Yeah, it's not bad like you know Highway 61. No, that's categorically. Oh, if you if you want Thomas to send some negative comments, just keep bashing uh, yeah, exactly. Bob Dylan. At least one When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number 69 on Rolling Stone's uh, list was Jagged Little Pill. And again, we reiterate that uh, Jagged Little Pill comes in at 69. We are working as a block of 10 and not as this list as a whole. But right, right now, our choice at the number nine spot, uh, straight out of Compton. You are now about to mm-hmm. Again, just not something I would necessarily come back to. And, and also, I want to add for this one, uh, I'm... I'm sometimes intimidated by music that I feel really ignorant about the context around it. Uh, is that fair to say? And part of it's not even because I don't like it. I just feel like I don't know it well enough to really to really grasp it and understand it. Not that you need to have a PhD in late 80s Compton. I, I just struggle to really to really understand and and really understand some of the context and importance of, of some of the words there. And and again, just so out so out of my element on this, uh, but it was really it was interesting and eye opening to. I thought this type of hip hop uh, was like, you know, early '90s. Like it didn't yeah. happen till the early '90s, and it it was good to listen to this. You know, no this this type of expression. You know, a little little harder, uh, more aggressive. Uh, more cursing in your face like no it was was uh was starting in in the late 80s or earlier so again just not yeah. my yeah. just not yeah. my thing uh what about you i think i'm realizing that i've got a bit more uh as far as the sound goes i appreciate the earlier rap that came before this and i've got something in me that struggles a little bit with with gangsta rap just in terms of it's like lyrical content and what it's trying to do um uh it's quote unquote easier for me to 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 listen to uh rap and hip-hop that's not carrying the gangsta sort of attitude um and and i can't decide if that is because it it pushes me in ways i'm not terribly comfortable with or because it's just not 
my thing. Um, maybe both of those are true. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I find I, I've, it's an easy one to slot in here for for those reasons. But but I do it with some hesitancy, not really sure exactly of, of uh, why or or what it is that 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 makes me very quick to to put it here. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's fair. We'll move on. The number. The eighth spot in this block of 10, according to Rolling Stone, was Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. Once again, we picked the same album. (laughs) Uh, Ben, why don't you go first for this one? Yeah, this is where we have reasonable doubt. You know, I I just finished saying I like the the older, slightly older um, uh, hip hop. I kind of like Jay-Z. I kind of like Jay-Z, but uh, when I listen to Reasonable Doubt, I don't hear the jay-z that i like which is the jay-z yeah that came okay later <laughs> yeah and so that's why i i put it here right above straight out of compton um how about you as well as we mentioned in in the episode for reasonable doubt your prime kind of college listening when everybody's sharing music like that for you yeah. was 2001 2002 2003 so those right, albums right. uh from jay-z yep uh kind of hit for you better yeah uh for for me yeah very similar um i don't mind jay-z i think for this album there was nothing that really grabbed me there was no track that i was like yes you know i I didn't hate it i didn't hate it i i I liked it um but nothing was really i was like yes you know uh so it it just was kind of uh, a little i guess lackluster and for me think of a band that you start listening to the first album or maybe the first or second album and you follow them through like they're all exciting and they all hold a different place for you well i don't have that with jay-z and so many so many artists but i don't have that so it's i've kind of had the privilege of you know listening to some of the hits and picking the hits i like and haven't really i mean we've listened to the blueprint i haven't really listened to the album so there was a lack of familiarity for me Uh, but yeah just not uh just not one of my favorites in this 10 anyways yeah yeah 67 is where rolling stone had reasonable doubt by jay-z his debut um and you and i again (laughs) have chosen the same uh this is where we've got a love supreme by john coltrane now we initially uh, most of these 10 in fact there were new reviews except two except and this was one of them yeah right so so this was one that we reviewed quite a long time ago with our friend jeff moore and i was thinking about like i'm a jazz guy and i really like jazz but then i was doing this re-rank and i thought i haven't listened to this once since we reviewed it um yeah which is interesting i i i think when we listened to it first it it was new to me. I hadn't actually listened to it before. I knew John Coltrane. I have a few of his albums, but I hadn't listened to this one. So I listened to it, but it was more, I guess, more abstract than I was expecting. Um, a little more freeform, mm-hmm. um, which is not really, you know, what you put on for radio hits or, yeah. or even just to relax. Sometimes if it's too, if it's too um, dissonant, you know, it's not even good relaxing kind of stuff. So I, I haven't listened to it since. Uh, I feel actually a little embarrassed to say that, but um, I was like, well, I guess it didn't really grab me in that way that that made me want to. So I put it here. Mm-hmm. It, it, it actually, I'd like to. Li- I should listen to it again because it's been so long. 
but um, it, it is a little different. It is a, a little different. Yeah. It's a great album, uh, very interesting, but uh, again, not not one of my and and some of the things, some of the words when I looked at these and just looked at the names, and I think what makes me go ah, or I remember that, or oh yeah, I want to put that on. Mm-hmm. And so some of these other albums that we're going to talk about soon were just more familiar, and this one wasn't. So yep, yeah, yep. I put it here at the yep. the number six spot out of 10 um what do you think about it um i i don't have anything bad to say about it um or you know d- this album doesn't rub me the wrong way it's just not a right. genre that i'm that i'm drawn to and we've talked at length about that before so i don't think i need to say much more than that just that it it fits here i guess uh that's um i i really like the six albums Sorry, I really like the five albums above it. Um, six. I really like the six albums above it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and this one is kind of that, that middle ground for between the ones that I have some challenges with and the ones that I really I generally like. So it, it sort of wound up there by default. Moving on to number 66 was I Love Supreme by john coltrane we just talked about that one for the fifth time in a row <laughs> which has never <laughs> happened we we agreed again uh ben why don't you go first this time uh what have we got in the number six spot yeah here's where we tucked uh some vintage hip-hop uh eric b and rakim's uh paid in full um when we talked about straight out of compton i mentioned that i think i gravitate a little bit more to the earlier sounding hip-hop and and this comes mm-hmm. to mind uh, mm. when I think about that, um, what I mean when I say that. I know, you know, we, we often talk about rap and hip hop as if there's a singular sound, and that's clearly not the case. <laughs> you know, even from yeah. eras, there's, yeah. there's different sounds. Um, but I, I think yes. I, I like the sound of this hip hop a bit more than, um, you know, some of the other stuff that we've, that we've tackled that came later um, uh, in the 90s, especially. Uh, how about you? Why why did you slot it here in the middle of the pack? I mean, this came out in I think eighty five, eighty five or eighty six, something like that. Something like that. And I think that um, by the time we started listening to music and hip hop, this type of hip hop had become kind of a character, especially for like you know, uh, let's make a rap in youth group, you know, with a bunch of white kids. Uh, and th- this is the kind of sound you make with your mouth. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but back, back in the day when it came out like that, certainly that wasn't the case. It was very, might've been 87 actually it was very, um, very cutting edge. And when I think about this album, I think about the first notes, like just that drum machine with the very echoey snare sound. And then the slightly distorted horn, you know, sax and, and trumpet sample. Um, that's quote in quotations, very large quotations, old school hip hop to me. And there's something very fun and nostalgic, even though it's a little before my time, a little before, like we weren't really growing up in this band. It was just kind of maybe yeah. seven years before we were listening to popular music. Um, it is, there is something nostalgic about it. And, and I think that's why I put it here. I would put it on. Um, just to kind of be in that sound again um, for a little bit. There's something kind of endearing about even the, the moment in time. Like there, we talked about the fact that there are some instrumental tracks 
like something mm-hmm. that just yes. would never yeah. be done today um you know that's like giving away someone your your samples or your beats right like to to wrap right. over it and you know it's just like they were still so experimental at the time that that sort of thing was okay and um, right yeah pretty neat to 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 enjoy that in that, in that kind of way and, and as we talked in the episode the, this act this duo started with not the mc but the dj it yeah. was his talent in in mixing and scratching that he wanted somebody to to kind of to MC over top of it, and really, those instrumental tracks, as you mentioned, are really a, a showcase of his skills. Long yep. before yeah. you know, so much of the technology that you know we would hear in the '90s and and right up until today um, didn't have that, didn't have any of that. So it's really, really really impressive really neat and and just a lot of fun and as we talked about you know the other two hip-hop albums we've mentioned already on this re-rank a little more aggressive in the language a little more um a little more cussing uh a, a little more challenging at least for me um to to process um and this was a, a little cleaner and a little easier still still some strong messages but uh, a, a little a little easier for me again that's that's my experience not not it's not a blanket statement about it right but yeah I, I i thought it was fun the sound was a lot of fun so that ends the uh the mike and ben sharing a brain segment of the re-rank <laughs> where well, we only pick sort of, the same except... well We're, i mean still <laughs> Still lump the Obviously, same the last the five top. are the yeah. same, but they're not ex- they're not identical like the first five. So, so this is number sixty-five, <laughs> according to Rolling Stone. Uh, James Brown live at the Apollo, nineteen sixty-two. Why don't you go, Ben? What did you pick for the five spot? This is where I have Stankonia. Uh, I I enjoy Outcast and their sound, um, and this was a fun album to to tackle. Um, it's not my favorite album album of theirs, and mm. uh, aside from aside from the radio hits, like similar, I guess, to the way that you talked about a love supreme. Just skimming through the tracks, I don't think that too many of the the titles would jump out at me as like songs I would really want to hear again. Um, uh, with a few exceptions, I really I really love a few of the tracks there, but uh, it it, d- it doesn't feel as deep to me as some of their other albums, and so I put it here, even though it's not a knock necessarily against them. It's just sort of how it compares to the the albums that are remaining on this list of five that we've got left here. Yeah, I'll, I'll when I get to my uh, where I put Stankoni, I'll, I'll comment on a few of those things, but. But yeah, no great points there. Uh, this is where I put um, Kate Bush's Hounds of Love. This is such an interesting and unique album. I really enjoyed uh, hearing it for, this, for the first time, listening to it a bunch, uh, hearing uh, from Brad when we interviewed him and hearing not only his, his reflections and insight on it, but also uh, you know what he's learned about the album and about Kate Bush. Um, so fascinating. Really great music. Again, I... I would put it higher, but it's just not my genre. This is this is this type of music is some of my least favorite, <laughs> actually. Um, <laughs> that eighty, the eighty sound, you mean, or the like? What do you mean when you say that? Yeah, no, this no, type. good, good question. Um, yes, a, a lot of those eighty sounds, a lot of the snare sounds, um, the synth sounds. Yet, I really do like this these songs a lot. 
um, I don't love all the instrumentation, uh, but I find it fascinating. The story she tells uh, throughout the whole album is, is really interesting. Again, it's just, ah, it's just, I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but it's just not for me. Uh, but there are a few songs that I definitely, <laughs> definitely want in a playlist. Like, but I don't, I'm not sure how much I listen to them. I could uh-huh. see, I could see me liking this album more as time goes. I could see, you know, if we did this same thing again, like in a few months, and I listen to it more because I do, I do plan on listening to it more, and I have um, come back to it a few times. I think I'll like it even more. Um, but there's still certain things, I guess. I've just you spend so long kind of telling yourself you don't like something that even when something that sounds like that that's really good comes along, you're still trying to. <laughs> tell yourself that wait i'm not supposed to like this <laughs> yeah so maybe i'm doing yeah. that a little bit but um but no i i i thought maybe putting a little higher but um this is where i landed number five uh number four or the 64 spot rolling stone had outcast stanconia again we've agreed on our number four spot this is where we put james brown live at the apollo 1962 um i haven't listened to this one a ton of times since but when i have it is such a special recording um and it really has a special place for me not and we've said this a billion times talking about it's not just because of the album but because of our wonderful conversation with joe Bowie, which was just a really great experience and very special but what they've captured here is such an amazing performance the, like yeah. i feel the energy there's no video obviously uh, but i feel the energy coming out of the of, of my headphones and to, the, to hear the audience and they're just in you know pandemonium <laughs> it's just you could feel the energy from the people it's a really yeah. really special yeah. recording and i have to say from a live recording in 1962 it sounds pretty dang good like mm-hmm. the quality is, oh yeah i mean yeah. it it sounds older like you can tell it's not you know from last week at Coachella, but um, yeah, well, actually, yeah. probably some of those recordings sound worse than this. But, anyways, <laughs> um, uh, it's it's just there's so many special things about it. The songs are great. Uh, they're great with like for me, it's not some of his big radio hits that I was familiar with. In fact, I don't think when we first listened to it, Ben, I don't think I knew any of these James Brown hmm. songs. Hmm. Maybe Night Train, yeah, uh, but but I don't think I knew any of them. But it's still just just a ton of fun. So much energy. And it's just, it's just too special for me to put any lower than this. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about you? How about you? Why'd you put it here? I'm not sure that I have anything to add. Um, <laughs> uh, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry I, I if I took all the thunder. I guess I would say I don't usually like live albums. Right. Um, yeah. But Same. There's something here about, like you said, the the energy that they were able to capture in that yeah. audience and and in the performance too, um, that feels just like like vibrant in a way that his studio recordings well they're full of energy as well just don't quite fully capture the his his brilliance as a performer and um maybe some of that is is just joe's words of wisdom and and his experience Mm -hmm. carrying through but i think even before our conversation with him you know i said wow as i you know when i pressed play because there was you know it was hitting me as it came out of the speakers, right? Like, yeah, so something special was happening and, and was captured there in 1962. Absolutely, and and just just one other thing as I was thinking about it, like you can hear. I said there's no video. You can hear 
you can tell when he has done something physically tremendous because nothing nothing new happens in the music but the audience reacts and yeah. you can even mm-hmm. tell when he's done so you can even see it in your mind because you can tell when he's done something you know he's he's dropped the splits or he's or he's he's you know uh pretended to swoon to a <laughs> to a to a female audience member and everybody's yeah. freaked yeah. out you know it's just <laughs> anyways right. i'll keep gushing right. should move on um to number 63 the three spot is where rolling stone had steely dan's asia and this is where you and i have swapped our number five <laughs> choices and gone here yeah. so so this is where i had stanconia for me these radio hits when i when i hear them you know miss jackson so fresh and so clean it's just like like they're ingrained in my mind i heard them so much it's so familiar i i would agree with you though ben i think i like equemini more uh than yeah. this album uh, yeah. it's not my it might not and i know i think i know that you're a love below speaker box fan too so yeah right. so yeah this this is probably not my favorite outcast album but it's it's so fun it's so different like it's so different than other hip-hop uh, or at least to, to my my experience and so different than the hip-hop on this even this group of 10 but so much of the hip-hop we listen to that that uh, atlanta <laughs> that dirty south uh sound there's just a, again a, a few things about this album that that are very special to me yeah and so, yeah, I, I had to put it here. And this is where you had uh, The Hounds of Love. In an effort to be fully transparent, I've been working at our edit of The Hounds of Love episode okay. very recently. And so yeah, I, I'm really, uh, I've been reminded as I go through that conversation of how much there is going on in this album. So yeah. I wonder if I put it here in my top three, almost as like a reminder, go back and and give this one a bit more time. Um, yeah. We talk in that episode about Hounds of Love being divided in half with a more poppy, uh, um, sort of radio-friendly side one and a more experimental or concepty kind of side mm-hmm. two. And um, yeah. listening to those tracks again as I'm editing, I'm like, wow, there's, there's some really interesting stuff here. I don't have the uh, stylistic hang-ups that you do. I kind of like... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Quirky, 80s sounding, um, <laughs> slightly experimental pop. Uh, sure. Baroque, baroque pop, or was there another another word there um, uh, that's often used for? Uh, oh, prog, prog pop, pop. Prog pop. We, yeah, prog pop. We uh, we learned about during that conversation, and mm-hmm. so um, so yeah, I think it, it it's. It's one that I, I, even as I was doing the edit, I thought, man, I'd kind of like to, to own a copy of this, whether uh, CD or, or vinyl. Um, it's a, it's an interesting album that uh, I definitely want to spend some more time with. So it, it makes my top three. Very A very special album for sure. So uh, we get to the last two here. Same number two, just flipped in a different order. They had Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses at number 62, and number 61 was Paid in Full, Eric B. and Rakim. Let's do Asia first. I put Asia at at my number one spot, and yeah. you had it at number two. So why don't you talk about Asia as your number two, and then I'll talk about it as my number one. I really like Asia. I have an issue with songs that go longer than five minutes, so maybe that's <laughs> why it's not. Uh, maybe, maybe that's why I have it in the second spot. But you still had it at number two. It's amazing. <laughs> it is really. I'm really so good. impressed. Um, <laughs> 
I, I and I, you know, I, I've got, I, I enjoy putting on the Yacht Rock channel on Sirius XM. And, yeah. um, and even though I know uh, these guys probably would cringe to have us call them Yacht Rock, uh, there's something, <laughs> there's something familiar sounding about, about what they're trying to do stylistically. Right. And it's far more I- intentionally interesting, musical, different than say Loggins and Mucina or something like that. Um, yeah. So so yeah, there's a lot going for it. It's it's hard for me to admit that I might really like an album that only has seven tracks. Is that how many there were on it? Something like yeah. that. Yep, seven. But wow, here we are, and it is this number two spot, and I still feel pretty good about putting it there. So uh, yeah. How about you? How how did it get to be your number one choice from this block? Oh time? man, I hadn't listened to this whole album before we did this, um, but I knew some of the songs and I had an idea of what I was going to get into. But as soon as I yeah. put it on, I just felt felt in such a comfortable, familiar place. Ben, you introduced me to the yacht rock genre, which. <laughs> I knew a lot of the music, but didn't really know. I guess it's a newer label. Like it wasn't called Yacht Rock when it came right. out. That wasn't that wasn't until right, more right. recently. But when I listen to those playlists, I start to move and dance around and and bite my bottom lip, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like a middle aged white man should uh, when he's dancing. And there's just something I would have called all this music like you know cheesy and corny and sappy, and I just absolutely there's stuff about it that i love so much <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over it so when i listen to this album in particular certainly more than some of the other you, yeah you mentioned uh, logins and messina some of the other yacht rock this album and this band it it scratches so many itches for me in terms of just intellectually and musically what i really like you know i'm a jazz fan and there's so many jazz elements i i played uh, a lot of saxophone growing up so there's uh, there's a lot there that I love. Um, there, there's individual performances on this album that are just absolutely tremendous. I mean, Steve Gadd on drums on the on the title track, just even just thinking about it gives me goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> uh, lyrically, it's fun and intellectual and deep and playful all at the same time. There's so many special musicians on Michael McDonald, Steve Gadd, uh, Wayne Shorter. Uh, of course, the two the two front men of the band. Um, I, I could go on and on. There's so many things I love about it, and it's and it's really really enjoyable. And we had a great conversation too, and that always helps. <laughs> oh, our wonderful conversation with Don Brightup, which was just great to uh, have. You know, a, a professional musician with with a long and wonderful career playing both on the stage and in the studio and who's written a book on this album. That's a first for us <laughs> to uh, to talk to someone who's literally written the book on the album. Uh, it was such a delight. We learned so much, and, and he was so gracious to uh, to share that time with us and laugh with us and and, and talk about his experiences uh, playing and listening to music and writing the book and interviewing um, Donald Fagan. Uh, so so that was that was great uh, even without all that i still would put this at number one um anyways i i will stop because i want to give you a chance to talk again too but but there, there's just it, it it is again just a special album and one for me i feel like it, you can't this is a little philosophical but you there's some things you can't control how much you just like them 
<laughs> and if, I think even there's something involuntarily when I listen to this that I just love. So anyways, I, it was a no brainer for me to put this number one, everything else took a little more thought, but I didn't have to think about this. It's just number one for me. So let's move on unless you have any comments there about that. Oh, I, I love it. For a long time. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so what I put number two and you put number one was, was Alanis's jagged little pill. So I'll start and I want you to, to, uh, to close this off with why, why you put that number one. But for me, first of all, it's a great album, man. The songs yeah. are so, so good. Um, I haven't listened to this album in a very long time <laughs> when, when we came back and I was like, yeah, I should listen to it. I, I know, I know all the songs I owned it and I listened to yeah. it a lot when I had it. Uh, I haven't owned it in a long time and I haven't listened to it in oh maybe a decade or more. And I, and I remembered them right away. Just like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> even, okay. This, Oh yeah. This one starts with a guitar like this and could kind of didn't remember every word, but could hum along. So first of all, it's really good. Like just really, yeah, really good, yeah. good songs. Second of all, super nostalgic like very nostalgic because this is oh, right yeah. like this was yeah. one of the first cds i remember owning you know in 95 96 if it wasn't for asia being in this 10 this probably would be number one for me because it, it mm-hmm. is just it, it's a piece of our childhood it's a piece of my childhood it's a piece of our canadian culture um, <laughs> there's so many great things about it i still think there's a little voice inside my head as we mentioned uh in our wonderful conversation with holly gordon again who was so gracious to to share her experience another another person who's interviewed the artist eh? that's two (laughs) back to back here in our rankings uh uh, in her experience interviewing alanis and glenn ballard um for a piece she did for cbc music there's a voice there's a tiny voice that speaks up every now and again telling me i shouldn't like it because it's chick music and I feel like that voice still is back there somewhere. I'm not sure why, mm. because I don't really believe that. But it's something about, you know, the culture that we kind of grew up in that was like, well, that's for girls. That's for for yeah. women who want to go to Lilith Fair. You know, like, that's not for you. You should like masculine music, which I totally disagree with 100%. Um, <laughs> but there's something kind of like, oh, but it's Alanis. I, I don't know. And I hate. I would hate that. That would be the reason why it's number two, and it's not. But um, mm-hmm. but that I guess was a challenge as I as I came in to listen to it again. There's kind of this memory of feeling like that. Mm-hmm. All that being said, fantastic album. I'm I'm actually looking forward to to playing it, putting it more in my regular rotation, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the deep cuts we don't hear as much on the radio. That's Jag Little Pill for me, and it was your number one out of this ten. So tell us, yeah. uh, tell us about that. It's funny, as you were talking, I found myself thinking of the reasons maybe I shouldn't have put it at number one. Like, it does oh. definitely sound like 90s music. Like, it sounds <laughs> it sounds right. maybe m- more set in its decade than some of the other yeah. albums on this list. Um, uh, but it is, it is so chock full of hits, too. And I, I don't oh, think man. it's just because we grew up with the Canadian content requirements uh, on our, our radio stations. Um, I was out riding my bike the one day. I don't think I shared this story in our, our episode review. Um, and I had Alanis, I had Jagged Little Pill playing on my phone, but without any earbuds or anything, just like from the speakers on my on my phone. And, and a fellow cyclist passed me on a, a quiet country road. And they're obviously a better rider than me. Came up from behind, kind of like rode alongside for a while and like turned to me and said, what are you listening to? 
is that Alanis? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was an older guy. Like I, I want to say fifties or sixties. He's like, man, there's some great tunes on that one. <laughs> and, and just sped <laughs> off. And I was like, wow, this is it's really weird that a, a, a cyclist in rural Pennsylvania, you know, also appreciates this album from 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. Um, it's really interesting story. to, to have that uh, anecdotally um, in my mind. And so, yeah, I think, for all the things you just said probably is the reason why it's at number one for me um mm-hmm. as well as as well as those other things too and maybe and similarly to you i still do carry some of that voice and maybe this is an effort to try and correct that to remind myself that it's okay to listen to music made by women uh in yeah. fact they make some of the best music and amen episode done boom <laughs> yeah yeah i i think it was really like uh, I've spent some time since our conversation with Holly thinking about like wh- who was the first female artist I would have owned, and mm. I'm I'm embarrassed to say like it was probably it's probably until I got to college when I got into like Nickel Creek, and there it's not even all women, but they have a right. uh, you know Sarah is a prominently featured female vocalist on that album. That's mm-hmm. probably the first CD I owned. Oh, um, interesting that would have that and you know it was probably a year or two later before i would have picked up something that was entirely women i'm guessing maybe Waylon huh. Waylon jenny's might be one of those to go that long with i think that sort of like masculinity um toxic masculinity patriarchy kind of influencing yeah. me subconsciously or consciously at times um is really sad and 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 maybe that's give we you know we're fortunate that we're we're not quite at 40 yet we still have got time to to turn the ship around to <laughs> to make up for those years where we felt that way um, right very interesting now now you got me thinking about what what female artists well, I you at least had Atlantis in, in I high did, school yeah. and uh so I think you're, I, you're I had uh, no doubts tragic kingdom okay yeah no doubt no doubts tragic kingdom I had I know I bought I know you guys made fun of me for buying a Biff Naked album Yep. Um, I yep. owned that for a while. I guess I did have Alicia Keys in high school. I had some okay. Alicia Keys and um, Joss Stone. I think we mentioned her on a previous okay. episode. And Nora Jones. We both were into Nora, Nora Jones, I guess. Uh, yeah, not till university, though. Not till Would that university. have been university years? Okay. Yeah, 2002 yeah. or 2003. I, okay. I had, yeah. I know, and I know I had an Ace of Base cassette. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like that? The sign. Yep, the sign. That was the one. <laughs> Anyways, before we totally digress, now is the time. So we thank you for sitting through the re-rank. Now we go back of the 70 albums we've reviewed on this version, this 2020 list. We have a look and uh, go through our all-time top 10 of these 70 and uh, see if anything has changed from last time. So let's have a look here. Now for me... I didn't change anything. I don't think you did either, did you, Ben? Nope, not a thing. I, I was very tempted to put Asia on my greatest top 10, but I couldn't figure out what album to bump. So my my top 10, if, if you're you wondering what my top 10, so starting at one, I've got The Beatles' Revolver, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, Joni Mitchell's Blue, uh, The Beatles' Abbey Road, uh, The Band's Self-Titled, Brown Album, with Max Rumors, Zeppelin 4, Carol King's Tapestry, The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and The Jimi Hendrix Experience, Are You Experienced? 
yeah, so I thought, well, I'm going to bump Sergeant Peppers or Are You Experienced? And I just wasn't sure if I was ready to do that. I don't like change very much. Um, although I could see maybe, <laughs> I don't know, Asia or Jagged Little Pill are just, oh, they're really good, maybe. But yeah. um, we're getting to it where, like, you know, the albums that you and I have on our top 10 all time are. It's really going to take some pretty epic, pretty epic yeah. albums, like pretty amazing. So I'll admit, too, that I've found myself thinking about some of the albums that have have just been knocked off like mm -hmm. boy i kind of still wish the white album was on there somewhere and uh right <laughs> so it might be more likely that that we'll add one back in rather than uh than or like um something. <laughs> you know something like thriller or yeah. nevermind or like yeah. you know some other just amazing albums um so mm -hmm. uh so yours didn't change either do you want to run through your 10 at uh, number 10, I'll work my way up. Inner Visions, then Tapestry, the band's uh, self-titled Brown album, Born to Run, Pet Sounds, Abbey Road, Rumors, Blue, What's Going On, and Songs in the Key of Life. Wow, I think I'm at the point where I own all of these except for what's going on. I need to I need to do something about that. I've, I've got the vinyl copy of, of my top of nine of the top 10. Oh, pet sounds. Really? Too. I'm, I'm missing pet sounds as well, but I've got eight, oh, wow. of, eight of the 10. Um, you have Abbey road. Yep. That's great. And when you got yeah. songs in the key of life, did it have the, the little seven inch in it too? Yes. I made sure of that. I, I really oh, okay. like, um, uh, on Saturn. And I think there's another one on there that I, I really like. So I was like, I can't, I can't get this. So, just the... so you got a vintage, a vintage copy, not a, not a repress. It's a, it's a Spanish pressing. Um, oh, okay. So it uh, like from it Spain instead of right, right. Um, yes, the the songs are in English. It's not a <laughs> Spanish redub, but the the label's a little bit funny. I think the only thing that's noticeably different is there's like something else instead of side A and side B, and I can't remember what the Spanish word for side would be, but um, uh, <laughs> something else there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so not too exciting in that no. <laughs> version, but but uh, we we haven't got this far before. Like last time, we I we've know, I know ten more than we did last Uncharted time, and, and we were starting to have this conversation. Like at this point, you know, what albums are going to come in and bump these albums? Uh, which is a good segue into we've got we've got ten more albums coming. We've started uh, listening to them and even doing some recordings in preparation. Mm -hmm. The further we go on this list, I think the less, uh, uh, re sorry, re the less re-releases there's going to be. And I think it looks like there's one, two, three, only three that we've done so far on this, this next 10, which is pretty cool. Okay. Anything stand out from this next block of film <sighs> that you're really excited by? We move beyond the compilation album to an actual Marley album. That's, that's kind of yes, significant. Yes, and I've been mind. listening to Exodus and I really, really like it. Oh, I guess I don't want to let the cat out of the bag too much. <laughs> We've got some Canadian content coming up here too with uh, Neil Young. Our first Neil Young album uh, that we've reviewed. Superfly, is that a soundtrack? It is. Yeah, yeah is that so just our is, second soundtrack so far? Uh, I guess Purple Rain? Purple Rain, yeah. I think that's so the yes, only other. So yes, it's our second one. Yeah, our second yeah. soundtrack. Um, so that's interesting. We do have a compilation album, which is one we've done already. Uh, Elvis is the Sun Sessions. Yeah. Um, 
so we'll have some yeah <laughs> he says um, <laughs> sorry did you hear the excitement in my voice <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and then so interesting uh loveless by my bloody valentine a band yeah. uh, an album from 1991 that i can say honestly i don't think i've heard anything by this band no um Nope. Which surprises me because it's like we, we were looking at, we we're like, what is that? The name's familiar, but I, I'm not familiar. So I'm, so I'm excited to listen to that and, and talk about it. And um, another Kanye album. Yeah. We get to talk about Yay again. Easy. Yeah. And this is, this is maybe his album that I'm the most familiar with. Um, is this the debut? I think this is the debut. Yeah. This is his debut, dropout. college dropout. Okay. So yeah, we get into, get into that polo shirt wearing mc That's producer right. lots of great music coming up lots of great mm-hmm. conversations lots of wonderful guests and once again thank you to all our guests for the last 10 and certainly before that as well it was was such a pleasure um, especially as so many new albums for us it was great to have additional voices to help guide us through any closing remarks ben no i'm excited for more uh we hope yeah. that we can keep these coming for you all um We'll, we'll try on. not to pause here. We'll we'll roll right into these next ten, and and then maybe yeah. take our next break. So, uh, yeah, be looking forward to uh, next week's review of uh, Bob Marley's Exodus at number seventy one. Until then, we hope you continue to be well. We hope you take care of yourselves and those important to you. And of course, we hope you'll join us again right here on the Sound Logic Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.